Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Once again, Dave Sims here at the Yoga Voice, and today we've got for his second time at our show, Taylor Hunt, Ashtanga Yogi from Columbus, Ohio. And we had this great conversation. He's here at the studio doing a weekend intensive. So series of workshops have been awesome. And so we took advantage of the time here to get him on the show again. So I'm excited about that. And he's uh, such a gracious uh, guy to hop on, take time out of the busy teaching schedule to talk to us and uh, bring a, you know, a voice to the listeners out there. And we talked about the evolution of his practice and growing as an individual. If you think back to when he was on the show earlier, not that long ago, he talked about how last year was a very transformative year for him and personally and in a lot of different ways. And since then, he had gone to Mysore for about a month, which is a little shorter. He usually goes longer than that. And he went to study with his teacher. And he talked about how that was one of the most transformative trips he's ever made there. And how the some changes there just had a really positive impact on him. And uh, I'll let you um, hear that in a moment. He also talked about his, uh, his podcast, The Heartbreak Kids, so if you haven't listened to that, that's a, it's a great podcast where he has uh, conversations with amazing people in the yoga community. And of course, we touched on his nonprofit and some of the events and exciting things he has coming up as well. But it was really just a nice time to, to reconnect and have a, uh, a nice one-on-one conversation with Taylor Hunt. So do enjoy. Welcome back, Taylor Hunt. That's great to have you at the studio again. So welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it's an awesome to have you here in town doing the weekend of Ashtanga. And, uh, you know, it's just bringing this great energy to the studio. So we totally appreciate that. Yeah, you guys got a lot of um, really cool things happening here and good vibes and good good to see people that I've um you know, basically worked with several times now to get to see them again and see how their practices progressed. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's fun to watch the community evolve and have that. Um, it was almost like a little reunion this morning when there's a couple of people that came from outer lying areas that I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. So. I mean, I haven't seen them for a while either, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, it is nice. You know, like events like what we're having here this weekend give us an opportunity to have, uh, you know, a deeper sense of community, like with people that might practice at home and give them an opportunity to come back to the studio and also getting the new people kind of excited for, you know, the things that they're learning or being in a Mysore class for the first time or any of that kind of stuff I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. The, um, one thing I was thinking about, one thing I like to ask people to kind of kick off our podcast. Sure, let's is, kick it. <laughs> yeah. Is what is really in, inspiring you about yoga today? Whoa. Um, what's inspiring me about yoga? Um, you know, right now, I think it's actually the the hard conversations that are, are being had. Um, and also that people are sort of going into a place of what, like questioning you know, like what yoga can do for them, um, even it, with a sense that uh, that not everyone is healthy in the yoga community. Mm -hmm. And so these tough dialogues are actually quite inspiring because like coming from a recovery perspective, I know that when you talk about and you bring light to things that are very difficult to speak about and you bring light to them, then um, it makes people reevaluate and also change behavior as a result of it. And yeah. so it's really inspiring to see people have difficult conversations and um, 
and watching, you know, that kind of unfold. And, you know, that's happened from my teacher to some senior students, to myself, to some of the podcasts that I've, I've done. We've had really difficult conversations about some things that just are not okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and that it's inspiring for it to happen because when you keep things behind closed doors and, you know, you're only as sick as your secrets, you know, like yeah. they say, you start realizing that, uh, you know, this is a really powerful time, you know, where, you know, if you're, uh, you know, halfway into yoga and not that into it, it's really easy for you to disappear uh, because no one wants to evaluate it. But when you do evaluate it, you know, you can get a greater sense of peace and understanding of why you're actually doing it and, you know, the things that motivate you to show up at your mat on a continual basis. Yeah. You know, and that that's empowering to me because mm -hmm. it means that we're headed towards health, you know, like everyone's like, oh, it's so, so bad, so many controversies and so many things. And it's and not that we need to address all of them, but uh, or in this podcast, I mean, but just the you know, the fact that that's being acknowledged means that we're actually headed towards health and that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a really amazing thing. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me of sort of that recovery principle, of uncover, discover, and discard, you yeah. know, like you can... That's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same exact thing. Yeah. And that's why it's really inspiring to me because... You know, people are like, oh, it's so bad. Like, uh, everyone in yoga is so messed up and whatever. I've heard I've heard a massive amount of things. And uh, but from my experience, when this stuff gets brought up and it's addressed properly, then like all of a sudden, like I I'm in inspired because it's headed towards health. It's not headed towards more sickness, you yeah. know, or or you know, more ego or whatever, you yeah. know. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and for our listeners out there that might not be familiar with um Taylor has a podcast called uh, Heartbreak Kids. Yep. And it's been going for a while. And did you go out? How often does it? Yeah, it goes out uh, every other week. Every other week. And, uh, you know, the primary fo focus is like why we practice yoga and also like uh, talking about difficult things like life circumstances or, or people's stories. Um, I started off teaching uh, or excuse me, I started off, um, you know, doing podcasts with my students and there was a huge outpouring of support for like people, you know, like they had an opportunity to share their story where they might not have ever, you know, had the experience like me and 12 steps where you can get on front of a podium and like share your story. Right. You know, these people had an opportunity to share it. And then, um, you know, the last we're on, uh, we're about to enter season three, but the uh, second season, like I started inviting, like what I would say more senior um, teachers, you know, people who are my friends and I've got to see, you know, I've got to hear about their hard stories, which you never hear about, mm -hmm. you know, people like that struggling. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's been really kind of powerful. And so, yeah, season three is, is about oh, yeah. to kick off. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'll check that out and we'll put some details on that in our, uh, podcast notes so look for that um well last night you led a great session here on yoga sutras and you touched a little bit on a recent trip to india yeah and i'm just curious for you to, if you want to elaborate and talk about that experience and your prior how that's all evolved i know you've yeah. been doing that for a while well i mean it it's sort of uh you know it was very uh enlightening trip um, because Ashtangis just don't like change, mm -hmm. you know, and there's been a lot of like what I was talking about. There's, there's been a lot of controversy. There's been sort of the breakup of, of somewhat of the Joyce family, like as they try and figure out like how to move forward, like through, uh, difficult times. And so, you know, Sharat opened up his, his own center and, you know, for the longest time, the Shala was, was Patabi Joyce's house which uh, his mother took over after, um, you know, his death, after Patabi Joyce's death, um, you know, Sharat's mother took it over and uh, Sharat lived there for a long time, but he bought his own house and, you know, eventually then he moved into another neighborhood and there's, there's been sort of like, they have still have a relationship, but there, there is sort of like this breaking uh, between like, you know, Saraswati and Sharat, which is um, at first, you know, everyone in the Shtanga community was like, you know, 
I don't think this is good. Like we've spent all of this tapas and this discipline, like in this, this one space, like I don't want to go to another space, mm. you know? And that's kind of the shangi way. It's like, we all want to go to the, our, our one spot in our <laughs> shala. Like our mat is always in that one spot. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, the nature of life is things that things change. And yeah. so, you know, so there was a lot of like skepticism. And then, you know, I also heard a lot about um, people kind of throwing it under the bus that there was some sort of like more of a corporate feel that was going on with Ashtanga yoga. And and I don't think that there could be anything further from the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went there a little bit of a skeptic um, because I am one of these Ashtanga people. You know, I make fun <laughs> of them, but I'm also I'm, I'm also making fun of myself, uh-huh. you know, because that's, you know, it's like there are a lot of people like myself that are, that are like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, we don't want to change. We want it the same thing. Like we want to be in the same spot, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. We do the same practice every day. It's like, you know, there's just some things that are very like, you know, habitual that, that we do. And so I went there as a skeptic. And when I, uh, when I arrived, you know, I had to figure out how to get there and, you know, I had to take a longer scooter ride where most <laughs> of the time you had to, wa- you just walked. Like we uh, were, our, my house that, that I have there year round is, is literally five minutes away from the old shala. And so it was just a lot of change in the beginning. And I went there as a skeptic and I was kind of sad, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to go back, you uh, know, yeah. uh, because I I felt like I entered that room one person and through my trips, I exited as a different person, mm-hmm. um, which was really powerful for, for me personally. And mm-hmm. And so I went to the first day um, at the Shala and what I realized is that, uh, you know, there was sort of a piece there that was never present before. Um, And because there was so much um, density and so much intensity because the room was very small, like we fit 77 people in it. And to be honest, there should have probably only been 60 people there, you know, but we fit 77 people. And, you know, so you go to this new space and it's sort of like a warehouse and airplane hangar. Um, kind of put together. It's a big place, but the way that he set it up is that there's only 70, there's like 70 spots, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone has a, like sort of an assigned spot mm-hmm. and uh, which is good for stonkies, but <laughs> you know, also like we're not kicking the people next to us, you know, we're able to stay more focused. There's mm-hmm. more breath. You know, I remember times at the old shallow where there was um, sort of like condensation. There was like a climate or weather weather storm in the shala because there's so much heat, so many people, 400 people going through the place that it would just start, you know, you'd be doing like acum, putting your hands above your head and getting hit with like water dripping down on your forehead yeah, or, yeah. you know, on shoulder or something like that. And so there was much more space. And what I realized even just after the first practice is that um, it, like it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why it needed to happen is because it was time for things to be acknowledged and that there to be some sort of break, break away. And I felt sort of honored to be there because, um, I, you know, I want to support my teacher like through a difficult, difficult time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had people that have stopped practicing. He's had authorized teachers that don't want to be authorized anymore. There's certified teachers that have been taken off list and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. And so it's been, a you know, a couple of years of kind of turmoil mm-hmm. um, and he's been kind of leading us through it. And, but I, I mean, I did my practice and it was literally one of the most, pe- it was still intense, but it felt spacious. It felt like abundance. Mm. And that's like not what I ever experienced in Mysore before. And it felt good. Yeah. Like it felt like that space was actually needed. And people were able to, um, you know, not worry about someone kicking them and things like that. And it was just, it was just, I mean, it was really kind of mind blowing to wow. me. Yeah. And there was such like this you know, powerful experience that you realize that the practice can be much softer. And I saw philosophical changes that uh, were that were really powerful for me. You know, it's like, you know, we're not held to the same standards as what we what we used to be. Like there's not some, you know, a lot of people will call Ashtanga yoga rigid and that wasn't present there anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so it was a breath of fresh air. I I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better trip. It was, it was probably my first, uh, or the best trip that I've ever had there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though that went through a bunch of change. Yeah. 
Well, that's, and you think, I think you mentioned last night, like it, it seemed to be softening. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, something you mentioned too, reminded me of, of uh, that transition from uh, sort of a break from the old teacher to the new sort of holder, lineage holder. Right. And also that um, with past controversy, trying to separate the teachings from the teacher. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. Is that yeah. a nice separation? Yeah. I like. mean, there's never going to be a full separation, I don't think, yeah. because like they're from the same bloodline. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, you know, you can still love someone, but also not support the behaviors that they, you know, like showed you or yeah. whatever. Um, and I think that there's still love there because of like what was taught. And, you know, I also think that Sherat didn't experience that. Like, you know, um, he was eight years old, you right. know, like when a lot of the things kind of came out where it's like, you know, Patabi Joseph was doing some things that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So, Well, you know, and I, and I'm, I sort of feel like a little enheartened that there's a change, like a little shift and, and that. I think when you were talking about Sherrod a few years ago, you know, like he was, there was little things he was doing different yeah. with the practice. And I don't know, last night I was kind of thinking like, this is a natural progression. Like if yoga continues to evolve yeah. for the cultural needs of the times. Right. And if you think about what it looked like to practice Ashtanga in the 70s, even from like Patabi Joyce, it was much different than in the nineties. And then right. um, for, for me, not having been there and experienced it, but listening to some of these kind of older Ashtangis that have right. been doing it for 40 years. And they're like, yeah, there was these five day or, you know, multiple day intensives. And, right. and this, the whole progression of that was as much, was much different. And, and it, I mean, at its core, it's the same practice, but it's executed differently. Uh, yeah, differently. there's a there's a certain evolving and and you know sort of softening that is happening. But the other thing that was really remarkable to me is that the people that were there, you know, for the you know, and not that I'm bad mouthing Ashtangis, but like we want what we want. Uh -huh. You know, it's like we want the adjustments like we're type A. There's a, you know, certain ambition that yeah. goes along with it. Like we've all heard these things like, you know, that's, you know, and I'm again, like I'm one of these. But, you know, the the cool thing is, is that there was the people there were just genuinely more nice. <laughs> they were. And and I don't know if it was because of like Schrott's like philosophy that, you know, was kind of shifting or whatever. But I do know that everyone that I came in contact with was not from some pretentious club. You know, mm -hmm. there was not this fundamentalism thing that that sometimes happens to people in Ashtanga, like this is the right way and the only way. It's yeah. like, you know, and and that's a real turnoff to me. It's always been a turnoff. I do believe that Ashtanga yoga is like the best form of yoga that you can do, but I don't have to go around and say everyone else is like doing the wrong thing mm -hmm. while, you know, like me giving my opinion that, you know, it's changed my life and, you know, I think it's the best. I don't have to put everyone else down, you right, know, and, right. and, and I, I, I'm not that kind of person or teacher or any of that stuff. Like it's just not, worth it to me and um you know that's just ignorant as far as i'm concerned and yeah. so there wasn't that type of person there you know so the people that were showing up there were genuinely like big hearts open minds um you know open hearts like i mean it was just like uh you know a breath of fresh air you know yeah. in all aspects like we weren't fighting each other to get into those 70s 77 spots or whatever like we were you know like people were just going in and doing their practice there's less anxiety there's less like ambition or aggressiveness and all that stuff mm. and you know and these are sort of some of the things that you know pe scared people away from going to Mysore it's like you know because those type of people and it's like the whole thing is softened Dave it's, yeah. yeah it's really amazing yeah. and it's softened at my shala as well yeah. too, just because of my experience there well, I could I could sense a difference in the way you were teaching in Mysore this morning. Yeah, the Mysore session. Um, I mean, it's probably been a year and a half since you've been here, so I, yeah. I haven't made it over to Columbus. And um, but I I I could see that, um, and I don't know if like it was softening is the right word, but it just it, your energy felt um, 
intense and focused, but in a calmer way. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think I'm getting old. I mean, I am getting older. I'm not thinking that I'm getting older. I'm, <laughs> You're over 40 now. No, 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 no not yet. I'm, get, I'm 38. I'll be 39 yeah, in April 24th. I do. You were getting yeah, close. I'm getting close. <laughs> Don't offend me that way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's been a softening. One of the major shifts that happened besides that trip is I went to China and no one spoke the, um, spoke English, like zero people spoke English oh, over there. Okay. And this was last year. And uh, the cool thing about it is what I realized is that you could be focused and not talk and not like give intensity from like a speaking standpoint. Mm -hmm. It could be through body language and stuff. And you know, um, and that really changed my teaching because I didn't, I had a translator the first day in Mysore class and I was like, I, and I asked her to leave after the first day. I was like, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to do it anymore. It's my job to figure out how to teach these people regardless of words. Uh -huh. And that really shifted my, you know, I don't talk as much. I mean, I still give some pointed feedback and I'm still pretty straight. I, I mean, I am straightforward, you know, like with my teaching, but it, yeah, it's calm, it's calmer and it like, you know, it feels better to me, but it's evolving for me as well. Yeah, yeah, well, that's cool. And your community at Ashtanga Yoga Columbus, um, that's yep. been six years. Yeah, so we're enter we entered our sixth year this uh, this year. We'll have uh, like like then completion of sixth year. We'll be at the end of this year. Yeah. So yeah, we had our five year anniversary, and we're headed towards six. Yeah, oh, that's that's really awesome. You've done yep. incredible things with the community and the. Um, and you've been busy with other things. I know family sure. and kids, three kids Three now. kids, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the Ashtanga Yoga Columbus is, uh, has a strong, you know, strong following. It might be the most popular yoga studio in Columbus. Um, I'm not 100% sure of it, but I, I know that it's attended regularly, you mm -hmm. know, by a lot of the students. I mean, like, they're not just showing up one day a week. They're, they're like committed practitioners of, yeah. of Ashtanga Yoga, and that's really um you know an honor to get to be a part of that journey with them yeah so are you seeing a lot of other studios beyond the stanga studios popping up in columbus i mean we're seeing a pretty big emergence of new studios in yeah. indy i don't know how columbus I, is compared. i mean you know for me i don't really pay attention to it mm -hmm. and the reason why i don't pay attention to it is because i'm gonna get who I'm supposed to get, right. you know, and not everyone's going to, I do believe Ashtanga yoga can really fit, um, to everybody, but I know that it's not really for everybody, yeah. you know, like it's not going to be everyone's uh, cup of tea. Like not everyone wants to do that. Um, and so I'm going to get who I'm going to get. And, you know, and because we have like a niche, I think what is important is that there's just no one, there's no Taylor Hunt um, at the other studio that's mm -hmm. doing doing what I'm doing. And it's like, you know, if I continue to be authentic and uh, on, honest and, you know, like put my message out there, like people will come. And, you know, so, yeah, there's studios happening, but, you know, it's it, they're mixed discipline yoga studios and. And I'm not, what I, what we're doing is completely different than what they're doing. We're not mm -hmm. even on the same, it's not even the same sporting arena. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, it's a completely different thing. There's, there's no other uh, Mysore program, you know, like what we have or mm -hmm. traditional studio that just has one style of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I guess my point was more about the more studios there are of yoga in general, the more people will be encouraged to try yoga. Yeah. And people tend to go to find a deal maybe or someplace convenient to their where they live. And the idea is that that creates a bigger awareness about yoga. Yeah. And then people that, like when you went to your first class, it happened to be Ashtanga, but you didn't, you wouldn't have known that from anything else. Right. So there's, there's a larger group of people like that yeah that potentially could wander into your studio and yeah. and, and not know anything else um so I, i'm i'm encouraged by the growth in the midwest yeah it's been it's definitely growing for sure yeah. but uh, but the other thing that I, I that you know you reminded me of is that uh, the reason why you know like i kind of answered it the way that i was is because the what i've found is that millennials they're different than how like my generation is. Uh -huh. And they do a massive amount of research 
before oh, they actually yeah. come into whatever space. And, you know, they know about the different styles before they show up because they've done the research, okay. they, you know, and, yeah. and so, you know, if, if they're drawn to my message, they're coming to me. If they're drawn to an, another studio's message, they're coming to them. They're more informed than I was when I walked in just because of the culture today. Yeah. And that millennial, like, you know, they've all, they're already checking out my Instagram page. Okay. They're already saw the YouTube. They've already seen the uh, Facebook. Actually, they might not even be on Facebook. Right. You know, these mm -hmm. other other channels and they're more informed. And so it's like my job and and maybe also, you know, like a as a studio owner, your job to just like who are we? Right. You know, like what are we made of? Like why are we different? You know, yeah. like what sets us apart? You know, yeah. like why is there more experience, you know, and and so we're going to, the exposure is great, you know, yeah. for people that aren't paying attention. But really the, the cool thing is, is that if you continue to put your message out there, you're going to get who yeah. you get, you know, especially the, the newer crowd. And we have a lot of young, a lot of young people, yeah. you know. Well, that kind of the point of our starting this podcast was to keep our relevance in the community, but also to get our message out about like what City Yoga is about. And, and that's why we started with city yoga teachers and people like yourself that come here and do workshops and sure. weekend intensives and and that so it, and i'm glad you said that because it reminded me like yeah it's it's important to have the communicate with potential new students about what what you are about and that um yeah that's good it's good, it's good a, reminder yeah it's the most important thing that i'm the more what i've found is that the more authentic I speak and the more authentic I am to like what is important to me and sharing it on social media channels, the more that people are attracted to it. So like, you know, your space, like City Yoga, it's like the more that you can just like sort of dial into like what you guys are about, you know, the, the more powerful it can be. You know, right. it's like I travel around and talk about my story and talk about the sutras and do these workshops and all that stuff. But, you know, it's like the Columbus community is like what I'm trying to affect. Uh -huh. You know, it's like because I know that yoga can really, you know, change their life like how it changed mine. Yeah. You know, it's like and so it's really powerful. Like the more that I just drop away the BS and just like get to a place of, you know, this is who I am, you know, and it's like. If you like this, come check it out. If you don't like it, go find somewhere that you you can find, you know, like where you find that something that speaks to you. Yeah. 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 And when it's that black and white, you know, instead of like trying to appease everyone, I'm just really trying to just be me. Right. Yeah. Right. Give yeah. them resources, tell them what we're about, be me. Mm -hmm. And that's like been one of the best, like, I don't know, social media growth things that have happened at my studio. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. The, um, um, well, and the, your personality is behind the studio. Sure. Right. Yeah. Where, and that, so that's like important for people that are, you know, studio owners saying this to myself as well is, is knowing what your community is about. Yeah. And, um, who's showing up to your classes. <laughs> exactly. Already? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's, yeah. That's, that's a key thing. Yeah. Um, I want to circle a little bit back to, coming back from India. Yeah. Because I was just thinking, I mean, we just, this was kind of a spur of the moment podcast for our listeners. Like I think last night, I'm like, hey, Taylor, let's do a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, sure. And uh, he, last time he was on the show, he talked about, um, which was a few months ago, but how last year had been a really kind of transformative year of traveling. You talked about going to Israel with your wife. Totally. And, and, um, and then since then, you went and had this transformative month in Mysore and a shorter trip than you usually take there. Yeah. Um, how has that, and I know you haven't been back very long, so it's not really a fair question, but I'll ask it anyway. Like, how has that affected how you're showing up? Just like, I think you're still processing some of that. But. Sure, I am totally. I mean, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's, softened me mm -hmm. you know like uh last year was deeply traumatic year you know but with the you know traumatic uh things that were kind of going on in my life and the intensity of the work schedule that i put put on myself 
um, it also became transformative as well. You know, transformation is very uh, rarely an easy process. Mm-hmm. You know, like rebirth is, <laughs> you know, like showing up differently than how you do before is is definitely a, a difficult thing to do. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm still processing it. But I I think the major takeaways is that I'm just my heart feels open. You know, and it's like my eyes feel open, my mind feels open. You know, I'm doing good with my sobriety. You know, like I, I've, you know, I've got to spend a massive amount of time with my wife, and you know, I love her to death. And and you know, it's like we just are stretched to the max because of you know three kids and all that yeah. stuff. And I just feel like more centered and grounded in myself. And maybe that's what you felt in the room today. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do know that, you know, I feel really, you know, you're, if I'm on planes all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, like literally, I mean, I have way too many million mile uh, credits. (laughs) Like it's, it's ridiculous. You know, I'm about halfway to a million and, you know, when you travel that much and you know there's the taxing of your body and the practice like you start to like evaluate like whether or not that you should be doing this Mm -hmm. and like what your motives are and i remember like my wife saying to me and this is like right after um israel she said something to me it's like she's like why do you do all these workshops and i was like well you know it pays for my family and you know like i get an opportunity to go teach other communities and she's like if those are your motives like you're in a really bad place and i was like damn did you just say that (laughs) and and it was a little bit deeper of a conversation than that but i mean the moral of the story was is like i get a chance to serve people Mm -hmm. like the workshops are not about me you know, like my teaching at AYC is like selfless, it's selfless, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm able to show up and like try and give people what, what, you know, I think that they need to, to get to the next step. And, mm-hmm. and that's a good place to be, you know, it's like, this thing is not about going to a workshop and making money. That's just like part of the reward. Uh, but that's not the motive behind it. Mm-hmm. If you, have, you know, and so you sit on these planes all the time and, and, you know, you're sitting in first class and you're like, oh yeah, Taylor, you're doing an amazing job. You're so good at this. Like, look how cool this is. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, that's the wrong motive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so showing up at a space and being grateful to be there and like honoring like the person that is hosting you and, you know, and, and really trying to teach from a very authentic place where, you know, there's no BS. Like I'm not putting my personal stuff on other people. I'm just like trying to be as, as clear as I possibly can. And that's what all of that transition gave to me. Like, you know, from last year to going to Mysore to going to Israel, like I had amazing experiences. Mm -hmm. And so getting to that place where you really feel settled inside, you know, because my whole life I haven't felt settled inside, but right now I feel like the most settled that maybe I've ever been in my entire life. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that as a fellow studio owner, and you're you're offering a spiritual practice in a sacred space, if you will, or a safe space, a, a place where people can have their own experience of transformation that you help facilitate. I think there it um, it can be a it's like a delicate dance, you know, because you. Um, have to you know rent's not free and utilities there's you know and there's changing economies with like operating a a building and um but at its core and i I often think about the early aa message of like you know bill wilson was a salesman the founder of aa for those that aren't aware and he was a former stockbroker and he was going to the Rockefellers in the 30s and 40s, like, we need money. Right. And he's going to publish a book and get, become a millionaire. And uh, and uh, basically, Rockefeller said, you know, <laughs> I, I think the best thing for AA is for it to stay broke. Yeah. <laughs> so there was always been this little weirdness about, you know, not amassing funds, you know, sure. at the group level or at the regional or national level. So not comparing as yoga studio to that stay broke mentality, but, yeah. but the idea of, of, uh, cautiously balancing profitability with accessible service that you're offering. Yeah. So if you're offering this 
for people to come in. And I know you do um, some, this is kind of a segue into the charitable stuff you're doing where I think it's, you know, for me, it's really been important to give back. Totally. Same. That, um, and and that's why, because I believe it's, there's like something um, intangible about what we, you know, that invisible energy or that, this the intangibles of a yoga practice. And when you can, you can give that to people, particularly with the Shtanga method, that's been a powerful driving force in your life for, you know, well over a decade. Um, that, uh, you know, when I would hear about, you know, listen to your podcast and, you know, I try to keep up with social media. I'm not that great at it, but because uh, for me, I'm, it can be a time suck. <laughs> yeah. For for sure, it can be. I, you know, but the other thing I was thinking about too, and I understand like what what you're talking about with the, you know, profitability and like keeping the place open and sustaining like all of it. But for me, um, and I, like this is just about me. There's just a certain spot where like fear and faith come in, mm-hmm. and it's like, which one do you want? You know, it's like, do you want your life to be run by fear that you're not going to make your bills paid? Or do you want to have like, you know, a, a life that is full of faith? And and do you believe that, you know, that you can be taken care of, you know, and I do believe today. And there was a time where, um, you know, in the, you know, not so distant past that it was like, I'm not sure if we're going to make it, you know, mm-hmm. through like these difficult times. And today, like I choose faith. Like, you know, like I'm trying, I'm trying to live as much into uh, grace as I possibly can. And and if anything, like the softening that I've experienced is really about that. It's more about God today than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, like I really want to be a clear vessel that I can, you know, not pull any punches and really just like do what I'm supposed to do to fulfill like what my Dharma is. And it's like, you're going to live in fear or you're going to live in faith. And yeah. it's like, which one? Choose one because you can't operate in both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what AA teaches us and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and again, but we still have like bills and stu- <laughs> studio and like teacher, you know, cost and electric bills, which is ridiculous and all that stuff. But, you know, I've, I, I, we have five years of proven, yeah. that, five years that we've, uh, proven that we've been able to do it every single month, you know, and I look at all the negatives instead of looking at like the past five years of like, look at what I've already been through, right? you know, like now all of a sudden it's going to change. I'm not going to make this happen anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's lack of faith on my part. And that's like what that, um, that's what that, that's what's inside of me right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're talking a little bit about the expansion of, of your, the Trini Foundation sure. and what else you got going on there? Yeah, I mean, the Trini Foundation is is doing awesome. I mean, we need we need donors. We need people that, um, you know, can donate money or time or any of that stuff. We really need as much support as we possibly can because our programming has really expanded. Um, I'm not sure the exact numbers of all of the programming, but I do know that it's up significantly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have a bunch of scholarships that that we're having like all over the United States and, and some in Europe as well. And uh, the other cool thing is like we're teaching more classes. We've taught more people like, you know, we have. Uh, 50 partner studios, you know, like, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of weight on the, you know, the, the Trini foundation and really like our biggest challenge is that we're trying to raise money, yeah. you know, and like, there's a certain altruistic thing that we're asking from people to, you know, to give money or to give time, like to be part of the volunteers, to host classes, like, you know, people like yourself, like mm-hmm. hosting a donation class and, you know, doing those around the country and, and really mobilizing like sort of a grassroots effort, you know, to sort of tackle the, you know, the problem of addiction you right. know, so people don't have to suffer, like give them these, these mindfulness breath with movement connection so that they can be different people or yeah. have more tools in their tool belt to, you know, to actually, you know, get over that craving or, you know, to get into deeper sobriety or ask more out of their sobriety, stuff yeah. like that. And and that's been really powerful work. I mean, we have a new website, we have, you know, a new board that we basically voted on not too, um, not too long ago. You know, we're doing more social media stuff. Like one of the biggest things that we're asking for people that are donors is to just do a Facebook fundraiser for us, mm. you know? And so like when your birthday comes along, like all all we're asking is like on social media to set the limit for 200 or 
400 or $500 or whatever and post it, send it to your friends and post it on your feed and all of that stuff. Because last year we raised a bunch of money just off of Facebook. Okay. You know, it's like, and that's one, one thing we, we actually just sent out an email not too long ago that uh, was just like host, it, it costs you nothing, mm. you know, but you put it out there, you try and raise 500 bucks for us and it's been very successful for yeah. us, you know? So it's a new age of uh, fundraising, right? you know, it's done through social media, you know, not as many emails kind of thing. Mm. And, and, you know, we're asking people to be heroes, you mm. know, like to pay for someone's scholarship. Mm-hmm. So that they can go to yoga for three months, you know, yeah. or we're asking a teacher to teach a class for us, mm-hmm. donate that time, you know, raise money, um, you know, to to help us with with that those kind of things. Yeah. And our program is getting bigger, so it's like you know more demands that are being put on the you know the charity. Yeah. So, so that for just elaborate a little bit on the scholarship you mentioned, uh, students can apply and they can get into a Ashtanga program at a partner studio. And Trini Foundation pays for them to go there, as well as they pay to send teachers into treatment centers or juvenile facilities yep. or what What all are yep, going both. into? I mean, there's uh, treatment centers. At one point, we had like a prison or halfway house that we were doing. You know, we pay the teachers to go into all of these facilities because we don't want them to give up the commitment. You know, I think there's other organizations that are doing stuff that are similar to us, but they ask for volunteers to go teach in these, these, uh, you know, facilities. We don't want volunteers that are teachers. We want volunteers that can help with our staff uh, or administrative things, you know, and put them to work there. We want the teachers to be teachers, so we pay them for it, Mm -hmm. you know, like we pay every single teacher. Um, and so that's a really like powerful thing. I mean, it's a statement for how important teachers are. There's a, a, as important as uh, sponsors for people who are in recovery, right. Right, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, so. yeah, very good point. Well, that um, we we did a little, um, or I did a little work on a exhibit at our Indiana State Museum, and it's a lot of community partners um, worked with the team over there to create this exhibit called The Fix to build awareness around the opioid and addiction um, crisis that we've been in for several years. And I finally got to go over and see it just the other day. And it's really amazing how they've they've come together. And um, we're going to get some of the uh, Trini Foundation pamphlets over there. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's set up to build, you know, they have student groups, you know, it's typical museum crowd comes through there and it's this really interactive i think it's seven thousand square foot exhibit so it's pretty pretty big and it talks about um ways to combat stigma and you have they have interactive uh sort of video you can answer it'll ask you questions and and so it helps people develop sensitivity and having conversations with their if they're not familiar with the addiction and different aspects of it and then there's a lot of little, um, several little kiosks where people t- will tell their story. Um, there's some, um, uh, like a meditation mindfulness table that's interactive where you can sit there and breathe and wow. and see the like, effects on the brain. And uh, there's a, a yoga, little yoga display, which was kind of where we came in. Um, Nikki and I went out there and they uh, filmed Nikki, who's the the uh, founder of City Yoga, yep. and the Yoga of Twelve Step Recovery Program. So she, you know, posed in a series of poses that you know people can come and kind of experience a little bit of yoga. Sure. Um, there's also um, the uh, original mans- manuscript of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous that's on loan as a part of that display. So there's just like a whole bunch of resources that have come together. And the and idea- that's what we need in order to huge. combat this. Yeah. I mean, it's like we need a effort of the entire community to bring awareness to it. And that's what the Trinity Foundation, that sounds what like the, what the fix is trying to do. So yeah. Start the dialogue, acknowledge that things are actually happening, bring awareness to it, show people different tools, and you know, so that we can overcome it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Very good. Um, so on the, uh, I'll, definitely I'll put Trini Foundation in our podcast, um, you know, details so people can find ways to access. We'll put the website and, and along with Ashtanga Yoga Columbus. And so you had um, 
Um, pretty big travel schedule this year sure. still, right? Yeah. Um, you're here all weekend. So, um, of course, this podcast will air after that's over. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we, I'm excited to, you know, experience the rest of the sessions that you got going on here. Yeah. Um, what's say like summer of 2020 looking like? Where you any place you're going that you yeah, want to shout out to? I mean, cool. Um, a couple cool things I got going on is like I'm going to Warsaw, um, which is like a uh, will be a huge event there. I'm also going to Finland again, um, which I'm really excited about. But the the things I'm most excited about is really um, our practice weeks that we have at um, Ashtanga Yoga Columbus. Um, we uh, basically for five days, like people from all over the country come in and they get to practice for five days, Mysore, Mysore style and a lead class. And the first one that we're doing in June is actually, um, it's for the primary series. So someone who wants to deepen their understanding of the primary series, I'm really excited about that because they're always like great events. And then the next thing is, um, that in the winter, which is like the first or second week of, uh, December, you know, as you approach Christmas, we're actually going to have a second series and we're also going to do um, a little bit of a third series, like poses, break, breakdown and stuff. And for some people that might seem really intimidating, but I have a lot of students that are working at that space. And those are two things that I think are just really exciting, exciting for people because you can come be in community, you gather, you, you can talk, you, we can talk about your personal things that are happening in your practice, how to stay motivated, injuries you know, really break down like every single aspect of the practice. And those are what I'm the most excited about. One, because they're at my my studio. But the second thing is really that, you know, it's, uh, they're usually great events and I'm home, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> and so I want to do more of commute. those things. Yeah, it's only a 10 minute commute. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, on that note too, I would encourage people, like if you have um, just barely dabbling into the second series, like go to these things. I know, we were talking about earlier, I shared, you know, we have students that are kind of new to Ashtanga and, and they were like intimidated, like, Oh, I, I don't think I'm ready to go to Taylor workshop. I'm like, yeah, you are. He's going to meet you where you're at. So I, I mean, I want to put that shout out to, um, you know, all the listeners out there. If, if you've got, um, you know, access to visit Taylor, if he's coming through your community that, you know, it, it level of experience is not a prerequisite, you know. It's, no, I mean, actually, in Meister style, it's like, you know, we're teaching all levels. And really, the most the beginner is the most important person in the room, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of times, we just think about it the opposite. You yeah. Know? Like, the advanced person is going to get a bunch of adjustments. But, you know, like, why do you have to give a bunch of attention to someone who already knows what they're doing? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you're helping them on aspects, but yeah, it's for the for the beginner. You yeah, know? and so yeah, I I meet people wherever they're at, and I think a lot of Ashtanga people do. Yeah, so just not talked about a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you you mentioned that. Um, as we, I know you got to teach another session here pretty soon. What you, is there anything you want to add in or any topic to like to touch on before yeah, we wrap I mean, up? The biggest thing is like you know um, this next year. What I'm really trying to do is is build uh, recovery resources for people, you know, because I think that um, there's a real lack of recovery resources. There's some people that are not interested in going to 12-step meetings, like they're not into it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so like building, you know, some recovery um, network of, of things that people can do, you know, to help aid their, their journey you know, mm -hmm. into, into sobriety. And that's going to be my focus and, and also raising money for the Trini Foundation because it's really a passion of mine. You know, it's like, I, I don't get paid from any of the Trini Foundation stuff. Like yeah. it's all volunteer for me. Um, there's, there's employees of it, but I don't get paid any of that, mm -hmm. of, of the money. And I think that's important to note, like I'm just doing it because like, this is how I give back. And so just supporting those two aspects, because I think that's, you know, I, I just read a news article where they were talking about, you know, that they're going to have a mobile morgue, you know, I've heard this before, but mm -hmm. like in Franklin County, they're going to have a mobile morgue because the, the amount of deaths because of fentanyl and, and heroin and stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like I want to be a part of the solution and maybe I'm a good sponsor. Maybe I'm not a good sponsor, but I'm able to like give back and in, in a different way than I th feel like what other people are. Yeah. And it's just my passion. 
You know, like I want to reach that person so they don't have to go through the struggle that that I went through. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's where my focus is going to be. And so maybe some a book or uh, online recovery course or, you know, things things like that that can really support people to to get into, you know, that. I, I mean, I'm also going to do a beginner's course online, you know, because I think that that's a huge, you know, market, you know, for people who don't want to show up in my studio like they can really have like a resource, even if they were an addict, they could, you know, they could join it or whatever, yeah. and they could do it in the privacy of their home because people are nervous about coming to the studio. Mm -hmm. And so my focus is a little bit that, um, you know, this, this year to get those things done. And so that they're out there, not, not that anyone will buy them or, you know, listen yeah. to them or whatever, but I think they're important just to do, Yeah, you know, and I'll leave the rest up to God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just put it out there. And well, and that's, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a similar philosophy of just like trusting the process and uh, the studio was a little bit like uh, when I took it over, I'd think of like field of dreams, like you build it and they will come, you know, like, and it's sort of the show up, do your best and, you know, trust God or the universe or whatever uh, higher being or power you believe in will sort out the outcomes in a positive way for all. And, um, Anyway, well, it's it's been super cool talking to you here. Um, yeah, thanks and, for having me on again. Yeah, yeah. And um, for those listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll have uh, details in our notes on a lot of the things that Taylor touched on, ways to see what he's up to. Of course, you can follow him on social media and you can find him on your own pretty easy, but we'll definitely have that available to you. And until next time, um, just be well and take care. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Taylor Hunt. It's always a delight to have him here and just to talk to him and, and listen to his perspective on things. And wow, we touched a lot of topics. And if you want to learn more about Taylor, you can find in the podcast notes a uh, website for his studio, for his nonprofit. There, of course, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, YouTube. He's very, very much as a large presence in social media. And if you go to his website, you can see his schedule and some of the workshops and practice weeks and things he talked about in the podcast, uh, you'll be able to find there as well. So do check out the notes. And if you feel so inclined, you can rate us or give us a little uh, comment. You can email us if you have suggestions on what you'd like to, um, you know, guests you'd like us to have on the show and topics you want us to explore. So do enjoy the listen and um, give us some feedback. We're always welcome for that. And I uh, thank you so much for your support and keeping this podcast going by listening to it and sharing it with your friends and family. And hopefully it makes your day a little brighter. Until next time, have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Yoga Voice, brought to you by City Yoga School of Yoga and Health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise.